Hello, Richard. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Thank you for joining us on So Good We Named It, the first Golden Girls and Golden Palace podcast and the first Golden Girls or Golden Palace podcast with black hosts as seen at Golden Con on Judge Mathis, Associated Press, and USA Today. Can you just imagine? (laughs) Such a mouthful. But hello and welcome. Um, For those of you that may not know, Richard Weaver may be known um, by some as Estelle Getty's former personal assistant and a good friend to her and some of the other Golden Girls, if I recall correctly. That's 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 a that's a lot to remember after this many years. (laughs) (laughs) This is with Estelle for for uh, at least 15 years uh, total. You know, not only was I her personal assistant, but we, we had remained friends even after she had needed, um, you know, nursing care in the later years. Um, and I still did things for her up until the very end. And were you uh, good friends with any of the other girls? Um, I hadn't really befriended them. I had talked to, to you know, every one of them, you know, because, uh, you know, I lived at the house with Estelle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were definitely on a friendly basis, whereas I could call them and, you know, I could chat with them or, you know, I was never treated like, like staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always treated like family with Estelle. Um, so wherever Estelle was, uh, I was. So if there was a red carpet event or if there was a party or something like that, I was always invited to, to sit with them. And so I, I did get to know, you know, each of the Golden Girls as well, which was, which was such an honor, you know, it was unexpected. Uh, but it was, it was just a cra- crazy thing that, that just happened. It was, it was awesome. Wow. Well, being me, I would be saying, oh, yes, my best friends, uh, B. Arthur, Betty White, Ruby Cunningham. <laughs> um, but that is very, very cool. How did you even end up working for Estelle? It was actually, you know, it's about being at the right place at the right time. I hadn't had any experience. I had moved to Los Angeles uh, in the 90s, um, very early 90s, and I was working as an apartment manager. Well, Estelle's... Uh, assistant um, wanted to branch out and not live with her anymore because he had found a significant other to live with. Well, one of the rules of living with Estelle was you didn't have anybody else living with you. So he had approached me um, actually when I had met Estelle originally in Las Vegas in 19, uh, I think it was 1994, um, if I had an apartment available, if he ever needed it uh, in my building. uh, As luck would have it uh six months after i had met estelle he moved into my building um, and then he told me that he was leaving estelle and i said well i want the job and he he actually tried to talk me out of it because when you work for estelle you became you you not only were her assistant but you became mr estelle getty (laughs) uh you you lived you know ate and breathed anything that she did um, so he, he, after several conversations with him, he said, okay, listen, I'm going to arrange for you to get the interview with her. Plus at that time I was, I was actually seeing, um, one of her friends who was also a press agent from years ago in New York. And he actually helped me get the job as well. His name was Richard Gordon. And, uh, basically through nine hours of interviews, three separate interviews, three hours each, uh, she finally in the last interview asked me, what does a, you know, 20 something year old have in common with a 70 year old woman. And I said, well, aren't you from Broadway? And her eyes perked up and she said, what do you know about Broadway? I said, well, Chorus Line, when I was 18 years old was my very first uh, Broadway show that I saw. And she said, oh my God. So we just, we basically for probably the last two hours of, of my interviews per se, we did nothing but talk about all the Broadway shows that I saw, talked about her Broadway career, 
And at that point, I think by the time I had left, you know, it was kind of like a Hollywood moment where it was like, don't call me, I'll call you. Uh, it was within 24 hours I got the phone call that she said, when are you moving in? And she hired me after after that. So I think the the fact that, that we connected on a Broadway, New York City level, uh, I think she kind of like fell in love with me at that point. Wow. And what year was this? This is going back to, I think it was like 1994. Oh, so this was after Golden Girls. And this was post-Golden Girls. This was this was when Estelle was still um, what you would consider on the A-list. Uh, she was still she was still doing movies. She was still doing um, you know appearances like on Mad About You. We worked together. I worked on Brotherly Love with her with the Lawrence Brothers. If you remember them, whoa. Yes, I and, do remember uh, that show. You know, uh, we also worked on Stuart Little, the movie Stuart Little with Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, that was such a cool moment because it was at the MGM, the old MGM studios, which is the Culver Studios. Um, and I got to teach Gina Davis how to waltz in Estelle's trailer. It was like the wow. funnest, like, you know, month that we had. Um, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was still doing a lot. Estelle had done the Rosie O'Donnell show like five different times when Rosie O'Donnell was in the peak. So we were flying back and forth to New York. Um, she was doing commercials. You know, Estelle was still a, a very working actress. I mean, and the joke was that Estelle would go to the opening of an envelope uh, <laughs> because she was at like every AIDS benefit. She was still being uh, asked to do presentations at the Emmy Awards. And of course, I got to escort her to all of this. So all the red carpet events, you know, I got to go with her. It was it was very, very cool. And a lot of times it was very surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, to have those experiences as well with all the not only meeting every Golden Girl and everybody who ever worked on Golden Girls, but all the celebrities and the people that you know I had admired all the years that you know I grew up watching TV. Wow! And if it was ninety four, then you start working for her when she was on Empty Nest as a regular. Then right? it was just in the she was just wrapping up uh, Empty Nest exactly. Gotcha. Well, were you like a huge Golden Girls fan prior to working for me? <laughs> I was such a, oh my God, is the, the, the fact that you say that. I remember sitting in Middletown, Ohio uh, with my father every Saturday night watching the Golden Girls and then watching Empty Nest as well. And not, and I was a huge Estelle Getty fan. I mean, I Sophia was like my favorite. Little did I know that this this kid from Ohio was going to eventually be be jettisoned into this this world of Hollywood that I had always dreamed of. I, I, I knew I would never work in front of the camera. I always knew I wanted to do something behind the camera. Um, and she actually made my dreams come true. I uh, yeah, was I a fan? Absolutely. I was a fan of every one of the girls. I was a fan of the show. And, you know, I, I think I still remain a, a pretty big Golden Girls fan. I mean, how can you not when you sit every night from six to seven o'clock watching two episodes of the Golden Girls with your favorite Golden Girl for oh, four years? Oh, she would watch them? Oh, Estelle watched the show. Oh, absolutely. As, as, there's, if you all were at Golden Con, if you remember the little blue director's chair that said Estelle Getty and Empty Nest on the back, that was actually her favorite chair to sit in in her house because of its size, because she was so diminutive and it was comfortable for her. And that's the chair she sat in. To me, it was that was more important than the Golden Girls director's chair that, you know, like the one that they just sold at auction of Betty's because Estelle sat and watched herself and she would critique herself. She would say, oh, you know, I should have done that differently or my God, that was great. Uh, and then she, of course, she was a, 
I will tell you, you want to talk about a fan. She was a fan of all three of the girls. She would look at their delivery of their, their you know, dialogues or how B would look at the camera and, and, and she would just catch a glance and she would just, she would just look at that and she'd get, that is brilliant. And, or she would talk about the writing. She would talk about Mark Cherry's writing and, and uh, she would talk about the, the director, Terry Hughes. She, t she, yeah, yeah. It, it, so did Estelle watch Golden Girls? We, no matter where we were uh, for the day, if we were out shopping or if we were just out taking a walk or having lunch or, or whatever the, the day was, we always had to be home in time to watch Golden Girls from six to seven. And then from seven o'clock to eight o'clock, it was Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Wow. Well, you hear so much where actors are like, oh, I don't want to like to watch myself. And I don't always like to watch myself. So it's interesting to hear that she actually was into that as much as we are. Yeah, and she was a fan and she felt very honored. She, you know, that was for her to come from Broadway from, you know, she was becoming a huge star on Broadway doing Torch Song Trilogy, um, you know, back, you know, in, in, in the day of in the 80s. And when she came and she got thrown into Hollywood, I mean, it, she, you want to talk about someone who was just, again, jettisoned into a world that she didn't realize that she was going to become an overnight sensation. You know, she watched it because she was she was mesmerized by the fact that she still couldn't believe that she was on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, that was not her dream was to become a, a, a very successful Broadway actress, not a star. But she loved the theater. She loved being on stage. Um, but she also loved the, the notoriety that came along with, you know, being on the Golden Girls. Yeah, I, I'm sure because, you know, they were already established in this was just like yet another thing to add to their list. But for many people, this was the first time they saw Estelle Getty. And um, I know when I met Rue at a book signing, she had mentioned how people always say that um, uh, Sophia is their favorite. And Sophia is my favorite. I feel like Sophia is most people's favorite. Was she aware that she was like the favorite for most fans? I guess she did, but she was also humbled by it because she didn't, she knew she was funny and she knew that she had an effect on people. Um, I don't think she ever realized what a huge effect until the fan mail started coming in and when she was on the street and people would come up and say, oh my God, I saw you last night. And, you know, my mother was sick in bed and you know, you made her laugh. And she finally, I think after, after Golden Girls was done, I think is when she really realized the, the impact that the Sophia character had, especially since, and, and again, I, I, I don't know this 100% still um, to this day, but at the time, I, I don't know if a lot of people know that Estelle carried the Sophia character over to five different sitcoms, which at one point in television history, she held a record. Now, again, I don't know to today's standard if in 2022, if that's still true. I, I know in so. the 90s. I think that, it is. You know, to carry one character over to five TV shows was unheard of. That's the pop. Estelle, by the way, just a lot of people don't know either. Estelle had a higher TV queue. Now, a TV queue is how they measure your popularity and how they, they measure how popular you are on TV. Estelle had a higher TV queue than any of the other Golden Girls for, for several years, actually. She even had a higher TV queue than Carol Burnett. Wow. So that that usually meant that if you put Estelle Getty on a TV show, that your ratings went through the roof, and which proved when she did Brotherly Love with the Lawrence brothers, because they had asked her to come on, and she originally wasn't going to do it because she had to pay a, play a trailer trash mama, mm -hmm. 
and it really wasn't like her thing but they begged her to come on and because of her uh that show got picked up for another 13 13 episodes so they got a second season by estelle getty's appearance on the tv show wow i mean yeah she did 10 years straight you know she did golden girls golden palace two seasons of emptiness and then the blossom uh episode uh, which she was, was on funny, she was on nurses funny, as well right so like she was just on tv non-stop for yeah. you know a yeah decade. and then she was doing all these little movies you know a lot of people i i i read certain people's blogs and i read things about her that still kind of surprised me that people didn't know that she was Cher's mother in mask they didn't know that you know she um she was in tootsie you know there's she had all these like great little like roles that you know she didn't become a huge movie star over them by any means i mean it's 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 actually funny, I, and I, again, I digress because I just read an article that Sylvester Stallone did about um, about doing Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Now, of course, he said that there shouldn't be a sequel, but he also talked about how sweet and how nice and how wonderful Estelle was on the set, which I thought was so kind of Sylvester Stallone to like mention her, you know, all these years later because the movie, as, as everybody knows, it was a flop. Um, but he never blamed her, and never, you know, he just. He was so kind, and it was such a such a warming thing to hear a big movie star like Stallone, you know, talking such niceties about her, which was which was I thought was wonderful. Yeah, I, um, I've seen clips of it. I haven't seen that movie. It did kind of feel like it was Sophia with a gun, which I'm all for that. Kind of. You know? In today's uh, temperature of, of 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 the world, I bet you anything, Estelle would have refused to have done that movie. I, I, I just because I know her that well, she would not have done that movie because of the the gun scenes. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if 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 you would have said I saw you, Stella, ha- and I I never heard her say this, if people would run into her on the street and say, oh, I saw you and stopping my mom was shoot, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I'm not giving you your money back. <laughs> you know, she knew it was not one of her greatest works of of uh, you know artistic achievements either. Probably the best parts are the parts with her in it, I would assume. Uh, <laughs> well, she she said the best part for her was she got to see Stallone's butt because he was there's a shower scene where she walks in and she actually got to see him you know uh, fully naked so she she enjoyed that very much. Then it wasn't a waste. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Estelle was very smart. She always got her money a, ahead of time. She she never waited for the movie to become a success. She wanted the the money all up front, and so in her contracts she always she didn't care whether it flopped or not. She always got paid very very well. <laughs> ahead of time as she should uh, love that for her <laughs> yeah, she's very she was very smart she was very savvy that way i've seen a lot of things um like interviews and whatever that have talked about how shy she was but i've also seen a lot of interviews of her where she's i mean maybe she's still is shy but she was still hilarious even out of character and i don't like did she realize how funny she was on her own without having to read a script she knew she was funny she knew she was funny. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I should go grab could grab, grab her yearbook. She's known as a might with a powerful wit. That's exactly <laughs> what they said about her. You know, when she was eighteen years old in her high school yearbook, um, you know, she she knew all, and her friends all knew that she was very very funny. She used to sit at the diners, and you can read different little interviews and things that are all over the place with with her friends. And if you watch like. Um, one of the projects that I did with her was the intimate portrait, which Lifetime had done mm-hmm. of all the girls. And 
some of her friends are interviewed. Well, her friends said we loved going and sitting with Estelle at the diner, you know, when she'd come to New York or even before, and just she she'd have everybody laughing. The one thing that I can tell you that the Sophia character is exactly what you got when you were at home with Estelle. Estelle was just as funny. She was just as quick-witted. She was sarcastic. She was never mean-spirited, never. I mean, if she wanted to insult you in some way, it was never to hurt your feelings. You know, she called me plenty of names, but it was never mm -hmm. to hurt me in any way, shape, or form. It was to just be funny and just kind of like get her point across. Um, but yeah, she was absolutely hysterical. I mean, and the way she could tell a story, you know, was just like a picture at Sicily story. You know, there was a, there was actually a, a funny story when she was at the Beverly Hilton and it was a night that she actually, Estelle was a little frugal, shall we say? Mm -hmm. And she was wearing a pair of pantyhose that basically that were so old that the elastic basically gave out while she was at the award show and her pantyhose were falling down and she had to go to the bathroom. And while she was in the bathroom, she tells a story of how Carol Burnett, you know, sees her bunching up the front of her dress, and she and Carol looks at her and goes, "What's what's going on?" She's like, uh, "Carol, my 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 pantyhose, they they busted out." She's like, "She's like, oh, honey." So there's she the way she tells the story is hysterical because there's Carol Burnett pinning Estelle Getty into her pantyhose so that she can go back out and present an award at an award show at the Beverly Hilton. You know, that's those are the fun, and, and Estelle laughed at herself. You know, she never took herself seriously. She was insecure. She was very insecure, but she she could laugh at herself at the same time. And so it's there's there's a a position there that sometimes doesn't even make sense. It's like, how can you be this this amazing person, you know, and this amazing actress, but yet you have so much insecurity about about what you do? That's mm. it, it. Really, sometimes it didn't make sense. Well, one of my uh, favorite clips of her is herself. They were being interviewed about the series finale and they referenced when she went to go meet the queen and she was saying because in the scene she's making a sandwich and she says that the queen mother told her afterwards that that's not you know how you make a sandwich it sure did take you a long time and she's like when's the last time she made a sandwich and that's i'm like that is such a sophia thing to say and it was so funny to me it is exactly when she was in the when she's in the receiving line. There's if you if you watch like the end, there's a um, some clips online of the command performance. And when she curtsies to the queen, that's when the, the queen, you know, uh, the queen mother addresses her. And she does say that. And of course, you know, as, uh, I think Estelle basically just kind of like nodded her head and said, oh, yes, yes, your majesty. Yes, it did. But again, in her head. In, in that interview, and she's she's told this story at dinner parties and everything else. She's like, "Bitch, when was the last time you made a sandwich?" <laughs> you know, and it is. It's it's a it, that's what's in her head, but that's of course not what she can say. Right. You know. Um, by I the love way, her. Did she actually say "bitch"? She said it in her head. She <laughs> I would out loud telling the story. I would have loved loud, to hear out loud telling because. the story. That's exactly. She would say, "Bitch, when was the last time you made a sandwich?" I would have loved it. Oh, I would have loved it. <laughs> So if she, she had already made headlines because, you know, she made a gesture um, toward the queen mother and you're not allowed to make a gesture. There's a lot of protocol. And yeah. as we all know from watching every the, the things on TV and, mm -hmm. and you know, all the documentaries, et cetera. Well, Estelle broke protocol because she referred up to the people up in the in the you know important seats and she gestured toward the Queen Mother. Well, Estelle made headlines all over the UK that she gestured toward the Queen. Now, imagine if, if if she would have said, bitch, when was the last time you made a sandwich? Okay. <laughs> that would have made, made her world famous. 
<laughs> so all that mm. just because I remember that part. She's like, oh, that good looking lady up there. That's against protocol. That's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And she makes a gesture. And so she, yeah, she got, in, she got in a little bit of trouble for that. One question I do want to ask before I forget. I've always wondered, did she ever feel like left out or bad about the fact that when they would get all dressed up for promo shoot, she still had to be dressed like an old lady? No. And you know what she'd say? She's like, have you seen my paychecks? Huh. No, no. She did not mind at all. I mean, she <laughs> still looked cute. I love yeah. this for her. <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Have you seen you know, and, my thing? And people would say, you know, it, people would say, you know, oh my God, I love you in Golden Girls. And of course, her, her thing was keep watching because I need the money. <laughs> that, that was her response. I love you in Golden Girls. Good. Keep watching. I keep getting a check for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, she, she never felt bad. The only time she felt bad about not being able to dress up as Sophia is when she was doing a German washing machine commercial of all things. Can you imagine? <laughs> I was with her and, you know, they sent, the, the Germans love her, by the way. In Germany, the, the fan mail was unbelievable. So this this washing machine company uh, came over to Studio City and they, they sent a limo, they sent hair people. I mean, they really bent over backwards for her. But when she approached the Disney company um, to use the Sophia character, they turned her down. She was not allowed to use the Sophia character. A lot of people don't know that either, that that the mouse owns Sophia. Um, you, she was not allowed to use that character um, without written permission from from uh, Buena Vista Television and Disney Company. Wow, really? I didn't know that. So Disney yeah. owns, it, do they just own Sophia or all of the girls? To be honest with you, I don't know how that works because, you know, you see all these these images of Sophia, you know, on everything and mm -hmm. I, how they're getting away with it. I really have no idea. All I know is that, you know, on the day of the shoot, uh, they were trying to get their permission and they declined the um, the uh, the use of the Sophia wig, the Sophia character. What? So Estelle actually, they had to change. They did put her in a white wig, but it was a, a little bit different than the powder wig that, of course, that we see, you know, all the time because mm -hmm. Estelle had actually taken her Sophia wig with her because that's what they wanted. And she also took the Sophia glasses with her um, to do the, the shoot. Well, no, they, they did not. They did not allow her to do any sort of that uh, of that character. And so wow. I, I don't think that because you know, B and, and, you know, Betty and Rue's characters were basically them just kind of like done up with, with some clothes on, you know, mm -hmm. whereas Estelle's was really a trademarked character that, you know, by the way, Estelle had created. So she should have, if she had really good attorney, she should have like, you know, said, that's my trademark. You right. know, so. <laughs> and she, she probably, and, and again, in today's world, she probably would have, have, you know, fought the Disney company to be able to use the Sophia character, especially since, you know, she wasn't allowed to make appearances as Sophia. She was, she was not allowed to be in that, that, that makeup, uh, and that, and carry around that purse and act like Sophia, you know, wow. you know, I didn't know she, also, she also probably would not have done it, you know, unless somebody was paying her a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. because, you know, that was, that was, that was a character for her. That was, that was her as an actress. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't like a Halloween costume, you know, that she was she was going to take for granted. But I'll tell you that the washing machine company uh, still paid her a huge amount of money, <laughs> unbelievable amount of money. Now I gotta to find that, that commercial on YouTube. 
See if you can find it. I, I haven't ever really gone to look it up. It only aired in Germany, apparently. They have all the uh, Shoppers what? Drug Mart commercials from Canada with B. Arthur, so hopefully this oh is... Oh, my gosh. The, that, that's the fun, that's funny that you mentioned that, because I didn't even know about that until like they I saw it on the back of the, the RuPaul Canada, <laughs> the drag race stuff, because they, they were getting all this stuff from, from Shoppers Market. That's funny. Well, with the um, with her not being able to dress up like that, I'm curious because I saw I correct me if I'm wrong. I think the name of the show was "It's Like You Know." It had Marie McCormick on it, and she was uh -huh. playing herself, but she was dressed up like Sophia. And she also had that same ensemble when she was on Betty White's show, um, "Ladies Man." And I'm like, is she mm -hmm. Sophia or is she Estelle? So was that a conscious decision to give a nod towards Sophia? It was probably the the. Uh, producers and the directors saying that we we want a Sophia. You know, people will will do casting in Hollywood and they'll say a, a Sophia type. So they probably wanted to do like a little bit of a nod, you know, kind of recognizable kind of ensemble, you know, uh, you know, to kind of get you to think, oh, that that's a Sophia type character that she's playing. Which is weird, especially with the one where she was supposed to be herself. And maybe they thought, oh, they won't know who it is without the wig. But if you really know, you'll know either way. Yeah, that voice, <laughs> you know, she, Estelle even did like, I, I, a lot of people don't know, she did a, a cartoon called Duckman. I loved Duckman. I forgot with that Harvard she was Firestein. And she played uh, Duckman's aunt. But that voice is so distinguishable when she does it. You know, she plays like a, she had to do like a Western drawl. It's, it's really quite funny, and it was it, it was quite stupid, but it was it was funny to see Estelle trying to do a Western draw with her, you know, with her New York Jewish accent. It was it was quite hysterical, but it was fun. And <laughs> even uh, Sophia, to me, has that you know distinct, uh, you know, Brooklyn Jewish accent, and she's supposed to be Italian. Did they try to get her to change it at all, or were they like, no, it Not works, it's fine? Not at all, because what Estelle said, you know, in interviews and what she would tell people when I was with her and all that, is that basically a, a Jewish mother is the same as an Italian mother. Mm. You know, they they have pretty much the same accent, um, and the way that they they treat their children is pretty much exactly the same. So, you know, they're interchangeable. So it was it was they she didn't have to adapt. Really, when you th when you hear Estelle's uh, or Sophia's voice, it's it's Estelle's voice coming through. Mm. She's just she's just it's just the delivery of how she delivered those one liners and those zingers, you know, hysterical, hysterical. Yeah, she definitely has a distinct cadence, and sometimes I'll you know work her quotes into casual conversation, and my husband can tell just by the way I say it. He's like, oh, I didn't know Sophia was here today because she just has that <laughs> special way of of doing it. And um, yeah, Joy Behar said the same thing. She's like, people always think I'm Jewish when I'm Italian. And she's like, oh, you know, same thing. So <laughs> I, yeah. I guess I can see that. I know that, you know, towards the later years, she did have a lot of, um, you know, memory issues and things like that. Was she still there cognitively when they did the reunion to where she was able to, you know, watch it and enjoy it? Uh, I would say when they did the reunion, which, which I, I'm trying to remember. She was still then, alive because I remember B. Arthur said, um, Estelle retired from show business. We love you, Ma, and yeah, something like that. I, I would have to tell you, unfortunately, that no, no, I don't think that she was, she was at a point at that point uh, in her retirement that she was aware of what was, what was happening.
Yeah. Well, one of the uh, things I hate the most about, you know, the fact that they were older and didn't, you know, aren't still around is that they don't get to see how much people really love them now. Because I feel like now it's more than ever. And I'm like, oh, I wish they knew, you know, Betty got to see it. But what would she have said if she knew there were action figures and cups and just everything? Here's what what she would do. She would, you know, imagine. So, you know, Estelle is, is teeny, teeny tiny with that little tiny hand. Well, she would make this gesture when she was overwhelmed. She would she would make this gesture and she would put it over her heart, her hand over her heart, and she would make this little patting uh, motion on her heart, and she'd say, "Oh my God, I'm convelling," you know. Convelling means she was she was over the moon. She would she would be thrilled, but she'd be in disbelief. She would she'd find it to be an honor, but then she'd say. Who are all these crazy fucking people? <laughs> sorry, whoops, sorry. Who are all these crazy? <laughs> Edit that one out. You can curse on here. Crazy it's fine. people. She's like, what are they doing? She's like, and the other thing she'd say, she's like, they need to get a life. <laughs> you know, she that that was her humility though. She would, she would love it, but at the same time, she would just be like, why? It's just me. It's just me playing a character. B B I think would feel the same way. I think B would B and she would share the same feelings like. Why are they so crazy over us? You know, all of a sudden, they—it's—it's it's something that back in the '80s would be beyond comprehension to have. Don't look. I'm looking at a set of cups that I thought were super cute. That—that that I'm sure you've seen these little caricature cups that are porcelain. They're like they look like they're hand painted. You know, I think Estelle would look at that and go, "Oh my God, that—that that is just crazy." Or, you know, she and I would go to Palm Springs every now and then. There's a little bookstore on the corner by the coffee shop. And you walk in and there's like this entire corner that's nothing but candles and Mad Libs and, and books and, and just, you know, there's the, mm-hmm. the action figures. You, know, you look online and you just see there's so much stuff, you know, so much ephemera and, and, and things to play with. You know, I think everybody's waiting for like a Golden Girls like playset to come out. I mean, I have a, a whole shrine, so I'm pretty much everything that's out there I have. And if there's a playset, I'm going to have that too. You know what I thought the craziest thing was? And I just had to have it. And I actually had to order it off of eBay because I couldn't find it anywhere. Do you have the cereal? No, I've never been able to find it. I've seen oh, the other versions, Lord. but not Golden that one. Girls cereal, but it's blue. So that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, there's the caricature of the four of them on the front. I, I bought four boxes. I paid through the nose for them just because I thought it was like the most novel thing that I had ever seen. And I said, I've got to have one for each golden girl. And I haven't done anything with them yet, but I was going to actually put them in my kitchen with like a picture of each one next to it or something, that would be you cute. know, because they, they, I guess they, they make like a little lucite box that you can put cereal boxes in. Yeah, I definitely was looking yeah, okay. though, trying to find it when I heard about it, but I never yeah. uh, had any yeah, luck. Yeah, it was it was at Target, it was at all the different at Walmart and all that, but you couldn't get it because people went and ran to the stores and like basically were buying it in in box box loads, so you couldn't get it. It was like a Taylor Swift ticket, you know, <laughs> pretty much. Time. You couldn't get a you couldn't get a Golden Girls, you know, box of cereal for your life because all the bots were out there, you know, eating it up. Because we're obsessed, and even though, you know, Betty just passed, I've seen, you know, where her assistant said that she still really didn't understand the magnitude. I feel like it's really hard to get, especially if you're that person. They could never understand the love and obsession 
um, no, that no. people had. Now Estelle knew the love because she she would actually you know if if Estelle and I you know we were like family so we would argue every now and then too because I I, I wasn't just an employee I did everything as I told you I I did everything for her and living with her you know you're going to get into arguments and you're not going to agree on everything like family members do and. She basically, if she, she would say, you know, you might not love me right now, but there's not a day that, that doesn't go by that someone doesn't come up to me and say, I love you on the street. Mm -hmm. I said, good, then go out on the street and get someone to say, I love you, and give you a hug. Right. Well, luckily with social media, I think that's what has helped it become more of a thing because we used to think, oh, it's just me. I'm the only one. And now we see, no, it's the whole community and we're having conventions and and all that type of stuff. And uh, Dan, B. Arthur's former assistant, I had asked him, like, what would she say? And he's like, she wouldn't understand why anyone would want all of this stuff with her face on it, but she would appreciate it. And she'd say, hey, if it makes them happy, then I'm glad that it's out there. And again, yeah, I think Estelle's same sentiment, same sentiments. I mean, you know, there's even something coming up at the Orinda Theater in May um, called Behind the Golden Curtain, which I just, just uh, found out about. You know, it's not a convention, but there's like all the old guest stars and all that, that, that weren't at the golden con are going to be at the Arinda theater. How am I just now finding out about this? <laughs> well, check it out because I seriously, I, I don't know whether I'm, I'm invited to be a guest yet, but I would love to be. Um, but I, I think it's, there's going to be like, I think 750 people like each night, um, that can get tickets or something like that. But yeah. Uh, again, another one of those things where, even next year, even after Betty's passing now and after Golden Con and everything else, which again, I hope there's a Golden Con again this year too, because I thought it was like so much fun. And I love, love, love the fact that we met so many different people like yourselves, mm -hmm. who are huge fans, who are keeping the legacy alive, which by the way, Estelle would love you guys for keeping the legacy of the Golden Girls alive. Well, thank you. I do appreciate yeah, that. I mean, she would, again, she would be, she was so appreciative of anybody who was into the show or into show business or, you know, even doing what you do with your, your, your podcast, you know, it's like, you know, it's, she, she thought that anything, anybody who was doing anything in entertainment, she thought it was cool. She thought it was awesome, no matter what, you know, and she was not really a huge techie person, but she, she was getting into that age where technology and, and, and um, things were starting to happen, but she appreciated every aspect of it. You know, well, hopefully and she, um, she, she loved, love show business, love people in show business, no matter what role they played. And again, she probably would have done this podcast knowing her. Well, I, I, I hope and that so. would have just taken me saying, Hey, these, these, these people are really, really super nice and they're super fans. You know, what's, what's it going to take for you to, you know, just do a little something. And she, she probably absolutely would have. Well, hopefully she would have, uh, appreciated my impersonations of her whenever I dress up like Sophia and do a video. <laughs> uh, I do her justice. You know, she's kind of like a Do Dolly Parton. You know, I know that for some reason it seems like that a lot of Golden Girls fans are Dolly Parton fans. You know, Dolly Dolly thinks that, that you know, people dressing up like her is one of the greatest compliments in the world. It is. You know, and I think that that, you know, impersonation is, is probably a, a, a huge compliment to the the person or the character and you know Estelle would have felt the same way she would have loved it 
you know, she saw babies, you know, before she passed, she, she got to see pictures of babies at Halloween, you know, families getting dressed up, you know, all the, all the queens in West Hollywood who would dress up like the Golden Girls, probably more so now, by the way, yeah. again, I think there's more people that dress up like the Golden Girls. I mean, did you see, did you happen to see anything on online, by the way, that people were, had the, they dressed up their skeletons as the Golden Ghouls? Yes, they did in um, our Halloween <laughs> episode, uh, the two people that went viral for that. We got them on here to talk about it. Oh really? Oh, so, that is um, that is. I thought that was like so clever. And again, she Estelle liked clever. She liked when people would like you know take something and and put a little bit of thought into it. You know, I would never have thought for Halloween the Golden Ghouls. Mm. You know, I, that's that's hysterical. I mean, I think that's brilliant. You know, and and taking a little twist, you know, on on a character. So the next time you do Sophia. Do a little twist on Sophia, you know. Do do Sophia Patrillo Loren, or something like that. Huh. <laughs> you know, some glamorous, you know, uh, this 1964 Sophia. I should Sophia uh, the early days. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I gotta get a, a little red wig. So good we named it. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. My name is Heather, and my favorite Golden Girl is and always has been Dorothy. Um, I do feel I relate to her uh, the most um, in terms of personality, definitely not in height uh, because I'm pretty much no taller than Sophia, so definitely not the same in terms of height. <laughs> um, I feel I've always been, you know, one of the sensible ones amongst my group of friends, you know, kind of giving that alternate or second opinion, um, you know, just like Dorothy, I'm I'm witty, uh, you know, I'm the sarcastic one, uh, constantly hitting people with quips and wisecracks, um, more towards the logical one, I would say. Um, I've been told I can be a little intimidating sometimes, surprisingly, uh, especially with my, you know, four foot height and, and petiteness. So I can't figure that one out. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'd like to be a little more private, keep to myself, um, likely to stay in on a Saturday night and, uh, but not so far as to watch shucking corn. Um, you know, I've never come off as, as super boy crazy or anything, you know, I've kind of kept my dating life to myself. Um, I don't go running my mouth about it, you know? Um, and you know, to me, everything that you know, Dorothy has portrayed has, you know, as, as beautiful as, as they all are and they all have their, you know, their, their pros and cons and, and their beauty about them, you know, in my opinion, everything that, that Dorothy has portrayed has made her probably the most beautiful, in my opinion. Hey there, you dumb bunch of galoops. It's me, the token Sophia of the Golden Gaze, that hilarious drag trio troupe that impersonate the Golden Girls. We're currently on tour, so calling out all of our pals and confidants up in Syracuse, New York. Oh, God, it's cold. Uh, we're going to be there on December 16th, and the show's at 8 o'clock at Wonder Bar. And then fast forward to New Year's Eve in Atlanta, Georgia. Blanche's hometown at, uh, at Metropolitan Studios. And uh, it's going to be a huge, totally awesome 80s New Year's party shindig uh, extravaganza with The Golden Gaze. So be sure to visit our website, thegoldengaze.net, for all the information. And uh, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Had the stuff, you had the stuff of Golden Kind, 
Yeah. Um, you have the different artifacts, as I like to to consider them. You might as well have had King Tut's tomb or something. But <laughs> you had the chairs. You had the clothes. You had the scripts. I didn't really touch a lot of stuff, even though you were letting people. Unlike you know a lot of the stuff, they were like, nope, you can only look, and you were actually letting people look. But I was like, no, I'm gonna get a fingerprint and I'm gonna mess it up. I didn't really want to touch it. But to be able to, you know, see something that they once owned or, you know, had, um, you know, it was great that you were able to bring that. Are these things that you own and that you were able to keep or is it like, you know, taken no, from these, somewhere else? The only thing that I do not own of everything that you saw there, well, actually there were two things. One, one of the super fans um, bought a little pink blouse uh, and he brought it to the Golden Con and he, he came to my booth. He didn't even know I was going to be there. And he said, would you please, 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 if I bring the um, uh, Rue McClanahan's pink top from from the promo shoot from Empty Nest, will you put it on display? I said, absolutely, because I had an extra mannequin. I said, sure, bring it over. So that little pink top that um, that if you look back at pictures and things that uh, belong to, to Rue, which was... Uh, you know, was not mine. The other, uh, which was on loan to me, was the, uh, the the very iconic director's chair from the Golden Girls, the black and gold. Mm-hmm. Um, that that actually is owned by a friend of mine who lives in Palm Springs. Um, he actually lent that to us uh, for the Golden Con because he thought it was a very important piece for us to have there. Everything else that you saw there on display, the robes, the gowns, the the uh, wedding dress from the show, Estelle's Emmy dress that she won her gold, her, um, her Emmy in in 1988 for the show, um, all 180 scripts, everything else that you saw there, which again, you a lot of things you didn't even get to see because I didn't bring it with me. I I have a lot of award you know certificates of hers. I have um, uh, letters from people like Rona Barrett, if you remember Rona Barrett, the from Steven Spielberg, mm. from Valerie Harper, from Rosie, from Phyllis Diller, you know, from actual letters from Betty White, you know, to Estelle. Um, I've got I've got a lot of different ephemera, and the the one thing that I didn't bring because it wasn't really associated with the show was Estelle's most important award that she had ever received, which was her Helen Hayes Award that she won for her performance as Mrs. Beckoff in Torch Song Trilogy. Mm. And that was when the night that she passed away, her son said, is there anything here that, that is important to you? And I said, yeah, the Helen Hayes Award. And he said, it's yours. He's like, take it. I want you to have it. So, you know, I, I had always known that, that the Helen Hayes meant more to her than the Golden Globe and the Emmy and any of the other accolades that she had received over the years. So it's one of my, my most prized possessions um, that I have, um, even though it's not... Golden Girls related, it, it it meant so much to her because of it being the theater. But yeah, all those those uh, artifacts, as you call them, and, mm-hmm. and pieces of memorabilia, those those are all in my my personal private collection. Yeah. Well, if you ever feel the need to downsize, you know, it could always have a wonderful home here with me. Anything, even a pack of tissue that she used to own. Just that, put oh my gosh, so funny that you said that because <laughs> in um, I I don't think I displayed it. I think I left it. There's a there's a jacket from Empty Nest uh, that's a that's a uh, like a baseball jacket with leather you know the leather sleeves and all that and I happened to look in the pocket well Estelle carried tissues everywhere she went it's funny that you say tissues because there's actually some it's kind of gross but if you ever want to if you want some DNA from Estelle there's uh, there's used tissues still in I the will pocket. have it under glass um, <laughs> on display and I actually made a picture with that outfit yesterday for the podcast um, that Empty Nest. Uh, episode. I took that screenshot. So there you go. Oh yeah. 
Oh, cool. Uh, meant to be. Yeah, so so it's kind of like the half-eaten pork chop. Right. <laughs> the hunga hunga burn and love fan club. I, I could bring Estelle's used dirty tissues out of the pocket of her empty nest baseball jacket. He doesn't know, Kay, that I would really actually take that, but. <laughs> no, like, no, really, he would take it. Oh my god! And, and put it in glass and just and have a velvet rope around it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. my obsession. You know, it's a little sick. Well, I I can tell you in regards to that I do know that that you know I I would never buy it, but my friend is going to sell that chair um, mm. that I brought with. He's he's decided that it's time to let that go, and he does have. If you did you all watch the Betty White auction or see some of the things in the Betty White auction? I looked, but I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm not going to be able to afford any of this once it's all said and oh, done. It was, it, wasn't it nuts? <laughs> I mean, the chair went for like seventy five thousand dollars. Oh my god. And my friend said that he he doesn't think that he wants anywhere near that, but it it eventually is going to go up for sale. He also has, um, if you saw a little gold star uh, that said the Golden Girls in the center, and then it said Rue, Betty, B, and Estelle on the points of of the star. It was like a little gift that they 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 had to give out to people if they you know for each year. Um, he actually has Estelle's original one that she used on her desk. Um, and it does show signs of, of use. So you can, you can kind of tell that it's, it's got age to it and all that. He's, he actually has that and he wants to actually sell that as well. He's just decided that it's time to, to move on from that, that time in his life. Um, cause he actually worked for her as well for a year. And, um, he just decided that it's, it's, it's time to let go of some of the, some of the things. And I will be letting go of some of my memories too, but I will, I will definitely keep you in mind. Yes. I just haven't decided, um, you know what to let go at this point especially now that that they want me to bring things up to the orinda theater in california right. um possibly possibly they well, haven't again they've talked to me but they haven't actually invited me yet so i'm not i'm not exactly sure if i'm doing that or not just give me a heads up so i can start donating plasma so that i can afford <laughs> this um and oh if my you, god and if you're coming back well, you to golden kind you know you can just keep the stuff here so you don't have to travel across the country i'll just house it as for you, you never get it back don't do that. <laughs> you know one of the reasons why I, I was so thrilled and as you know some people were charging for autographs and people were charging to sit on like a sofa and stuff like that Estelle would never ever ever have wanted me to do that with her things she would have wanted people to enjoy it she would have wanted people to smile she would have wanted people to interact you know she would never want me to, to turn a buck by just showing her things and I was so thrilled beyond belief to be able to like bring it all out of the dark because it just basically stays in climate controlled storage right now um, and it's 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 so cool for me to see how much it makes people smile and how much it makes people believe it or not i mean i don't know if you how, how much y'all saw but people were crying they were coming out they th i felt like they thought they were seeing the holy grail when they <laughs> they said that they you know they they came up to the the chair and they they were always everybody was so respectful i have to tell you that that group of 3500 people were some of the nicest kindest most respectful people that i've ever been around in my life and what what a thrill that was to like you know it didn't matter your politics it didn't matter where you came from what country you're from what the color of your skin was what 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 religion you were it didn't matter and it was so nice to have three days of just political free just people loving each other and love and sharing a common bond mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys felt the same way from from 
your aspect, but from my aspect, watching everything that was going on, it gave me such hope and humanity. It was so lovely, really. I, I, I tell everybody how, what a great experience it was to, to have that after so many years of, of unrest, mm-hmm. especially here in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, I, Absolutely. I we see that all the time because when we were at Golden Con, it was literally like full of love and just happiness and just everybody can come all together. It didn't matter where you were from or what you did. It was just the love everywhere. We absolutely enjoyed it. I didn't hear anybody being judgy. You know, if you no. had, even if you had the worst costume in the world, oh my God, girl, that was so great. Oh, you're <laughs> Sophia. Oh, God. You know, it was like, you know, everyone was just uplifting everybody no matter what you did, no matter who you were, that you, you know, you wanted to share stories and, you know, it, it, yeah, I mean, I really can't say enough. And, you know, again, I, I really hope that they have or somebody does something again this next year. They're you know, working because- on it, he said. And I said, okay, so you're going to officially announce it on my show then. And uh, he said, <laughs> yes. So uh, hopefully we know something soon. I think they just didn't realize the demand would be so high because they didn't know the first one would be so big. So they're probably trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to accommodate it? Because it's probably going to be three times bigger. Oh, I think it's going to be 10,000 people. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they they had no problem getting 3,500 plus at this one. I, 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 I just can't imagine, you know, again, even with, Be- I thought even with Betty's passing and with after the auction, you know, that they had for Betty and all that, I thought, oh, it's going to kind of slow down a little bit. Now the men, you know, yeah, the I'm momentum still riding is still that great. wave. And that was in April. <laughs> so Yeah, I know, right? And uh, you know, I, I I listen, I'm guilty. We we turn the 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 Golden Girls on on Sunday and the Golden Girls plays throughout. The Nanny is on Saturday, <laughs> the Golden Girls mm-hmm. on uh, on Sunday. And we, you know, we sit and we, you know, my partner sits on his computer in the dining room and then he like looks out from his computer into the living room and he, you know, because you'll hear some like sarcastic comment and he'll he'll just laugh, you know. And, you know, everybody just, we all do our little, like, Sunday thing, like, you know, either sitting down and watching the Golden Girls or listening to the Golden Girls every Sunday. As you should. And now that I know that you uh, want people to interact with the the stuff, next year I'm going to put on the dress, going to sit in the chair, you know, just get the whole experience. I think I could fit in. What was she, 4'11"? She wasn't even 4'11". And you know there was that, I don't know if you heard part of my my talk when I was there, but I used to run around just as a joke with a, with a tape measure behind Estelle because mm-hmm. she never wanted anybody to know really how tall she was. Which all I have to do now is, is I could, I would, I would guess she was actually more like 4'8". Wow. She was, she, she only came up to my chest. Now I'm only 5'8". And even with her hair teased up, you know, to, to heaven and back, you know, she was still, she never came up to my neck. Um, she was, she was teeny, teeny, tiny. As a matter of fact, when you, if you look at the pictures, um, I tried to put the Sophia dress like right where it was when she came, comes out of the bathroom mm-hmm. where she has to kind of like lift it up a little bit. Um, when, on the, uh, when Sophia comes out of the bathroom with the dress on. And then also, um, I tried to raise up the, Emmy dress to the height that she was when she won her Emmy in. So you can you can kind of get a, a basis of how really tiny, tiny, tiny she was based on those pictures from the Golden Con of where, where I placed those dresses on the mannequins. Yeah, I definitely didn't realize she was that tiny, but she definitely reminded me of my grandmother and not just because they were both short. 
uh, my grandmother was 4'11", and I'm six feet, so sometimes I felt like we were Dorothy and Sophia uh, when we were <laughs> interacting. But 4'8", wow. But her personality definitely made up for it, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, she's a treasure. She really is is and was a, a, a national, international treasure. I mean, it was, it was one of the coolest experiences that I probably could have ever had in my life. And, you know, her other assistants, you know, that weren't with her as long as I was, they, they all still look and go, there's never going to be an era like that ever again. We're never going to, mm-hmm. you know, I could work for, I've worked for several actresses before. Um, well, actually after Estelle, she kind of opened the door for me. My experiences were never the same. It was, it was, it was, it was not, it was never as fun. It was never as funny. It was, it, it, it was different, but, uh, and it was an honor to work for some of the people that I worked for, but at the same time to the people that I've, I've worked for have had longevity as well, but not, I don't, I, I still think that when I say that I work for a golden girl, people go, oh my God, I love that, you know, da, da, da. and then they always have a hundred questions. Which, by the way, I'm one of the very few people that's not signed on a confidentiality agreement. So that's <laughs> well, now you tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can talk about anything that I want now. Estelle, when she hired me, the reason why she didn't uh, put me on a confidentiality agreement is because she she flat, I asked her for it. I said, "Do you want me to sign something?" She's like, "If I need to have you sign a confidentiality agreement, I don't need to have you working and living in my house." That's the way I feel about it. And she actually knew she was immortal. And she said, even after I'm gone, I know that you're not going to speak ill of me. And I know you're not going to tell people my deepest, darkest secrets. And, you know, I know you're, you're not going to, you know, tell people the, the things that I don't want them to hear. I said, absolutely not. I said, the, there are certain things that are just between us. So I, I do talk freely about everything. But if there was ever, and I've, everybody's been really, really, um, cool i mean they they don't really ask me like the really deep dirty secrets of estelle getty and all that i can't imagine estelle getty had deep dirty secrets but maybe there's really not to be honest with you there's really not that many (laughs) there's really not everything that you need to know about uh, about estelle is either in her little book that she wrote or it's it's been interviewed i mean the the things that i can tell you about is what it was like on a daily basis you know in the house and that you know it was funny and you know estelle had like a little obsession she had white carpet and she had a she had two cats shana and mazel and her little cats would get little spots on her little white carpet and estelle used to run around you know that resolve uh carpet cleaner that's in powder form with a little brush mm-hmm. estelle would run around in the morning in her little house coat, which by the way, she'd wear the little Sophia house coats all the time, the little Sophia outfits, um, cause she had all the wardrobe and she would run around, she'd put that little powder down and she'd, she'd get down on her hands and knees and she would scrub out those little spots on her white carpet with that resolve. You know, that's, I mean, but who cares? You know, it's like, like she's, she, like that, that makes her a bad person. I mean, I can, th- well, those are the little things that I can tell Everything about them is fascinating to me. Uh, with her having the, uh, the outfits, when she was still acting, was she always hoping for maybe one more chance to play Sophia? No, no, that was that was a chance of a lifetime. She knew that that was that she wrote just like you used the expression "riding the wave." She rode that wave for as long as she could, but she she really didn't aspire to be a big TV actress. She really had aspired to be known on Broadway. That was that was really the love and passion of her life was was live theater. Um, she had always yearned to have that one big 
gorgeous role on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And luckily in her 60s, Harvey Firestein wrote that third act of Torch Song Trilogy and put her in as Mrs. Beckoff and, you know, again, made her famous. You know, that's that that's the again, the most important thing was for her to to get another big acting role at her age. You know, by the time she was done with 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 uh, Sophia, she was in her 70s. She didn't need it anymore. You know, she was so rich. Let me just tell you, <laughs> she didn't she didn't need another role. She had had it. She had she had more money than she knew what to do with. And it wasn't and it wasn't even about that anymore. It was uh, it was really just about like having a fun and happy, exciting life, and she had it. Well, I'm glad she at least got to you know enjoy the the fruits of her labor. Um, with her going from Golden Palace to Empty Nest, and since she not only was a fan but I'm sure was attached to that character, was she ever disappointed that there was no conclusion to the story of what happened with Blanche and Rose and the hotel? She didn't really talk about it, honestly. She, she, uh, maybe some, she's told someone, but she never really talked about the ending of that. Now, she was, let me, I will tell you this. Those girls were making a lot of coin from doing that show. And I think that she was really more bummed when, when it didn't really last because it was a nice steady paycheck. Mm-hmm over anything else I, it, and she was bummed because she you know she loved interacting with B I think that that the fact that B didn't go along and with for the ride to do the other show with with the other girls I think bummed her out because she really missed that interaction with B Arthur mm-hmm. now did she still get interaction? Yeah, because B would call her, and they would they would they were still friends, and they would talk on the phone, and every now and then they would like hang out, you know, from time to time. But um, as far as like the the end of Empty Nest, or I'm sorry, the end of um, Golden Palace, and how they ended that, and and different things. Yeah, she never really she never really talked about it much. You know, mm-hmm. she talked more about the Golden Girls and and how excited she was to be a part of that. Um, even Empty Nest, you know, the, the, the joke was about Empty Nest was that she had so few lines on Empty Nest that they paid her per word, <laughs> uh, you know, it, which is kind of almost the truth. Yeah, they did kind of just throw her in to say something wacky or have a wacky outfit and then, okay, see you later, Sophia. Um, yeah, yeah, but weren't you like me? I, if you were watching Empty Nest, you only watched it because you hoped that that was the week that, it, that Sophia was going to make an appearance. I I, re- I can remember watching Empty Nest and and, and only watching it because I was like, I want when Sophia character coming, when Sophia gonna be on, you know, and I couldn't wait for her to to do her little cameos on on that show. I was like five, I think, so I wasn't at the time I wasn't watching, but with it being on YouTube, I go I went and went through all the episodes and was fast forwarding till I saw Sophia. I'd watch that little bit, then fast forward to the next part with Sophia. Yeah. Oh my God! You're five. I have regrets older than you. <laughs> that was that was mainly uh, who I was looking at for sure. But if Estelle Getty wasn't tossing and turning at night, wondering why Sophia would go back to Shady Pines, I guess I shouldn't either. Uh, <laughs> no, no, she didn't. And you know what? The the law of diminishing return. She wasn't worried about it because she still was getting a paycheck even after they even after they stopped. No, that's right. When it, when it went into syndication. Well, were there any, because, um, you know, fans of the show, we know it's infamous for uh, not having a lot of consistency with her watching it as well as being on it. Was she ever like, that doesn't make any sense or that's not their name or did she, you, she wasn't really bothered? You know what? No, she didn't. It, it, it's only, I think, with the the uh, with the Internet that and people's obsession with the Internet that they started like 
calling it out. I don't remember them, anybody really ever calling it out, you know, uh, back in the 90s when we were watching it, in the mm -hmm. late 90s. Um, now, there is a possibility that she could have said, oh, uh, that's, I didn't have that, you know, that going on in my life or blah, 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 blah. She may have, but I think it's with, with the net that, that people have become obsessed to try to find all the inconsistencies. But no, she didn't, um, she never, I don't, I don't remember her ever talking about any of the inconsistencies. And there were a lot. Yeah, probably would have been hard to track. I mean, I couldn't tell you what we've talked about on episode 19 of this show or whatever. So, you know, right. when you're on it, That's you exactly, do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, she she could tell you the jokes and she would remember, like, if there was a practical joke, like the, the time that she had to run and get, grab her purse and they loaded it down with bricks. You know, <laughs> you know they're, they're, they would they would always play like little practical jokes on her. You know, and do different things, or they would they would gaslight her and move something and it wasn't supposed to be there and make her crack up or whatever. They 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 did play little jokes that you don't see on the blooper reels and all that, mm. which by the way are hysterical. I'm sure you've watched all the blooper reels. I have, and I try to work those quotes in with the other uh, Golden Girls quotes we all use. You know, <laughs> um, and some people actually get them. I'm like, this is how I know we're all sick that you even know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, what'd she say? Get a life. Yeah. Uh, Get a life. <laughs> that's what uh, Mark Sakin said to somebody when they were asking some question at Golden Con that was about something obscure. He's like, you people need a life. <laughs> <laughs> they were asking about the calendar because somebody was like, the calendar oh, yeah. on the back of the kitchen door never changes. And he's like, that's what keeps you up at night. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, but my final question, um, I'm sure it's probably been in an interview or whatever, but I want to ask you because you would know for sure. What was her favorite Sophia episode or storyline? Oh, easy. And it, it's, let's see if I can do this without crying because there's, it's, it's really interesting. She not only loved the episode, but she also is, it's what her nomination and how she won her Emmy. There's, there's I'm going to give you two, two responses to that. One is her number one episode would have been uh, Old Friends, which is where she um, becomes friends with Alvin on the boardwalk and he has Alzheimer's. Um, she felt like that that was just a beautifully written episode. She loved acting in it. She got to show pure raw emotion. Um, and so if she were to choose one episode, uh, she would say that would be her favorite episode. Now, her favorite overall scenes were the bedroom scenes with B. Arthur. Mm -hmm. She loved the 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 tenderness of being in bed and the and the the banter between her and B when they'd be in bed together. Loved it. That mother daughter relationship, uh, she thought was just precious. She said, it, 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 and again, I I know this from talking to Dan Watt as well that B loved those scenes as well because she had lost her mother, you know, part way through. Uh, the Golden Girls and Estelle became kind of like a surrogate mother to her. Mm -hmm. But yeah, overall, I would say that, that if Estelle were to pick one episode, it would be Old Friends. Yeah. Well, I, I do love it when Sophia kind of lets down her tough exterior and, you know, really shows that she cares, which you see with that one or with Martha when she's like, I want you to be there when I kill myself. And, you know, all right. of that type of thing. Um, I love it when we finally get, you know, the little bit of emotion out of her because she's so tough. And I definitely love the, the bedroom scenes um, as well. And something else I quote, like when my husband and I were not married yet and he would 
spend the night and he's like what's taking you so long i'm you know because i'm doing my nightly rituals and i won't turn the light off i'm like oh, a little vix on my chest a little dp on my neck you know <laughs> um so i, I definitely you're can trying see. to pickle yourself <laughs> exactly so i can see why she would love those because those are some of my favorites yeah and as i'm yeah. re-watching for this podcast or if i listen to enough wicker i usually will watch that episode and i'm like damn there's a lot of these bedroom scenes i didn't even yep. remember um, and it was always a special thing. And it was typically her and Dorothy. And that was a good time for them to, you know, reminisce and, you know, shut your fat mouth so I can get some sleep and all exactly. of that. So exactly. it's good to know she and loved you it go. as and much you get, as you, And those, those, uh, those quips and, and that attitude that, again, you're getting, you're getting Estelle Getty, you know, saying goodnight to me or saying goodnight probably to her kids when, you know, they would probably try to talk to her. Ah, shut up. <laughs> you know, she, and she'd probably flip off the lights and walk away. So, you know, it was, um, it was just, it was just an amazing, amazing thing. And like I said, the reason why uh, the old friends episode is so emotional to me is because I think it's, it's weird that he, you know, Alvin gets develops Alzheimer's and, you know, then of course Estelle developed Louis body dementia. So it's, it's the fact that that was her favorite episode that she won her Emmy for that episode, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's, it's very emotional to me because, you know, she, you know, lost her memory in the very end and it just it just kind of sucks, yeah. you know. And I've you know seen things where they say there was you know small signs that she was still acting. And if anything, that shows just how great of an actress she was because I couldn't tell. It's not like I could say, oh, this is probably around that time she was as good the first season as she was the last season of Empty Nest to me, you know, as a viewer. Yeah, right, right. Just the hair, the the Sophia wig just got better, and the the makeup got. <laughs> yes. And she got to do more wacky stuff, which I definitely, you know, appreciated. Jumping off the roof and things like that, you know. The more wacky stuff Sophia did, the more I loved it. Like the 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 spoon head outfit on Golden Palace, which if you uh, own that, I'll definitely buy that off of you. No, you know, a lot. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the, the reason why I don't have very much of of a, of the uh, the Sophia costumes and things. Her sons, when she passed away, they they did ask me if there were other things that I wanted. And I, I grabbed a few of the things that, you know, I felt were kind of important, even though I knew like the entire closet was nothing but Sophia costumes. I, I just you knew my head wasn't really that clear that night. And so I left with a few things um, that they had given me. After that, um, they, they put a lot of her stuff in auction. And I actually, believe it or not, I, I bought a lot of the stuff back mm. through auction because I wanted to preserve her legacy. A lot of it went, you know, at the time when her, her glasses went for like six or $7,000 and the, the, the purse went for like 10 grand and the M, the Emmy went for like 10 grand. The golden globe was like 9,800 bucks. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't in a financial situation to be able to like afford those things. However, all the other stuff, and you're going to cringe when I tell you what happened, oh her sons had no idea what they were sitting on in the closets. All of the the gowns, all of the 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 shoes, the 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 little tops, the sweaters, the pants, all the little schmatas, as Estelle would call them, the little little house coats, all the robes, they basically boxed them and they got donated. Oh, wow. All of, so there's probably some little old lady somewhere, <laughs> you know, along the line in in L.A. wearing a little house coat and she doesn't realize that she's wearing one of Sophia's house coats. Wow. Yeah, all of that stuff. I mean, we're we're talking 180 episodes, you know, total. I more or less preserved one costume out of, you know, 
all of those things. And the sons just got rid of it all. They didn't keep any of the stuff. I, so I know for a fact that, and I know that like all of her furniture and, and all the little shoes that Betty gave her over the years, because Betty would give her all these little tiny shoes, they all ended up just in a box and they ended up just, um, you know, at probably the National Council of Jewish Women or out of the closet on Fairfax and in Hollywood. Man, they should have so called it, me. I would have showed up with my U-Haul, would have driven across country and just backed it up to the driveway and loaded it up. But, oh my god! Oh yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> I mean, luckily some of the stuff got, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm still kind of bummed about the whole situation that they, they decided that they couldn't, you know, divide the things and just put everything in, in the museum because a lot of her stuff was supposed to go to the Max Factor Museum in Hollywood. Um, I had already had a meeting with one of the, the uh, managers and one of the uh, curators there, and they had put aside a kiosk which was going to be a Golden Girls kiosk. And we were going to start putting together not only Estelle's things, but we, we would have had room for Betty's and anything that B had had, uh, any of, of Rue's things. And as you know, Rue's, Rue's stuff went on the auction block, not only at Julian's auctions, but then there was the estate of Rue. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, you know, her boys should have given everybody a chance to have gotten a piece of, you know, Sophia. And it, it just bums me out that all those those pieces are like scattered all over the world now, or probably in the trash or whatever at this point. I I, I kind of cringe to 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 think to think of you know how excited people would have been to own a, a piece of you know of her legacy. Well, maybe you can think of it this way: that true fans probably recognized the stuff when they saw it, and they were able to get a piece for maybe two dollars instead of mortgaging their house like everybody else. So maybe it that's would a... be interesting to know <laughs> if anybody ever, you know, because you know, one of the one of the things that always sticks in my head is there's, you know, the bowling shirts that they that yes. were custom made, the pink ones with the black sleeves. Love those. Yeah, well, they actually each one has like so hers had Sophia embroidered in it. She had it. I'm just wondering if there's anybody that recognized that when they were at the thrift store and bought that up and like, you know, they've got it now like, you know, a piece of glass, you know, on their wall in their living room or something. It's I don't know why that one sticks out to me, but I'm like, you know, whoever bought that, you know, and and did they think that it was just like a a, a snazzy pink <laughs> and black shirt to wear to like a disco party or something? I mean, they, they're probably somewhere in hiding if they know what it is. But if they don't know, because, you know, like different sororities and fraternities have a, um, apparel that I see random people wearing. I'm like, they got that from the thrift store. There's no way you're a Delta, you know, whatever. So it could okay. be some unsuspecting person. But I see so much at the thrift store because that's where I get my little Golden Girls costumes. And I'm like, this uh -huh. is so something they would wear. Maybe now I'm going to think hmm, maybe this really is something that that she owned and um it just ended up here in the thrift store so right you know i, well, I wouldn't be you ever, surprised you know I'm, i i i used to dress her every single day and i i did the laundry and i took stuff to the cleaners so i'm kind of the expert on estelle getty memorabilia i can also tell you when i know whether the autograph is real and when it's not real because well, I don't know if I want to know because I'm going to be she, mad. She did, <laughs> she did want to try to respond to everybody. So under her supervision, she did have have a, uh, a, a person that actually signed some of her autographs for her and sent them out. And she wasn't trying to deceive anybody, but she she was trying to be as kind as she could mm -hmm. to, to get as much of her fan mail back out as she was, you know, as she was convalescing at home. Well, I might have to send you some pictures or some of the stuff I have to see. Is yeah, this real? Can, sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, 
At least the I stuff from Dan, I know. My little scavenger hunt. One day, I want to go to these little the two thrift stores that I know that that her son's donated to, just out of curiosity to see if, after all these years, that there's still not something just still hanging there, you know that that someone's overlooked over the years. Now, are the odds completely stacked against me? Absolutely. But you know what? I'd be curious, just just to just to see if there's just like one flashy little tiny you know gown that she wore when like when rose uh receives woman of the year or you know at, you know that that some of those gold outfits mm-hmm. that she used to wear for for publicity shots and all that i'm just you know just curious to see if there, there's still anything out there well i'm gonna be in la probably in january maybe that can be a little little so good we named it live activity the hunt oh for Sophia's well, you know uh, I'll, I'll tell you exactly where the two stores are that they donated to and you can go check it out and then just take their entire inventory back home with me <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my gosh that's hysterical but um yeah i Really appreciate you being here. I feel like it's like Estelle is here, basically. Her aura, uh, her spirit is here because you were so close. And I'm sure I don't have to tell you how lucky you were, you know, to be able to do that. That's I would, if I was old enough, you know, I would have probably been trying to be one of their assistants or sneak into their house saying I'm a pizza delivery guy <laughs> or something crazy. Um, so the fact that you got to live with her and you know just be a part of her world and now you're a part of history and I would say one of the elite of the Golden Girls fandom. Um, and like some I think some of her personality rubbed off on you because I think when Barrett was saying he was five and you were like (laughs) uh five I have regrets older than you I'm like that's something (laughs) Sophia would say so I love it oh trust me there's there's things that I find myself saying in mannerisms that are that are Estelle Gettyisms that I yeah you know Estelle would Estelle would say to people like if somebody say oh I, I have a story to tell you and she's like oh get me a blanket (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be long so i better like you know i better get a blanket because it's going to put me to sleep you know <laughs> or you know she would say that that instead of i think in the uh the show in the one of the first scenes she says that the man is as gay as a picnic basket <laughs> her expression was he's as gay as pink ink pink and ink. so you know, <laughs> you know I, I i'll find myself saying that or you know i i listen i Estelle taught me how to cook Jewish food, you know, and it, I still make her potato latkes, which are the best in the world, you know, and I still use her recipe. I don't make matzo ball soup, but I do know how to make good matzo ball soup. And, you know, she she taught me how to make, make a, a lot of different things. And she never cooked. Now, it, mm-hmm. she instructed, but she never cooked. Right. Yeah, she was she was too rich for that. She had me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but she really did. She rubbed a lot off on me. And, you know, I'll, I'll find myself using little Yiddish terms. And people are like, where did you learn, you know, Yiddish? You know, where do you learn Oiga Volt? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, because I lived with the Queen of the Jews. That's why. Because <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was my Auntie Mame. And she taught me everything, including Yiddish. And Aww. so, yeah, was, she's, and I will tell you, I, I have to tell you this, there's not a day that doesn't go by that something doesn't happen to me, that she reminds me that she's in my life somewhere. Oh, that's so it's, sweet. It, whether it's I'm at the store and someone suddenly says uh, Sophia, or I see, you know, a, some sort of Golden Girls reference, or even just, just before we got on this, this, this um, podcast, my friend from, from Palm Springs sent me something and it's somebody's license plate there. He's a Trader Joe's. And someone has, it's a California license plate, and right underneath it, it says the Golden Girls. 
Aww, I thought you were going to say it said pothead on it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's just, it's so funny because I think he feels the same way. Like, we, we as part of this, like, world of Golden Girls, mm-hmm. we're just constant. We, we constantly have some sort of little reminder on a daily basis. And what you guys are doing, I think, is absolutely wonderful. I think it's fantastic. I, you. I You talk about, you know, being appreciative. I'm appreciative that there's still, you know, people that want to take an interest in this and and only want you know great things you know you know to talk about these women and to remember you know these these four icons of tv i think it it really hats off to both of you for you know keeping this this uh this thing alive you know whatever this thing is yeah whatever it is uh we whatever it it is this obsession this uh this, this this wonderful thing we call golden girls and you're right you can't escape it even on the way home to record this i saw a uh, bench with an ad for a realtor and it said rue can do i guess his last name is, is r-u-e and i'm like oh yeah she can do yeah she can do a lot of things probably gonna photoshop her onto it and post that um but yeah thank you again and if you ever want to send me any of her recipes to try out you know uh, absolutely <laughs> I was, absolutely I was, I was able to work because i cook like every day i feel like her you know like i want to make love to my pasta sauce sometimes so, you don't cook every day because there's several times i've come over your home <laughs> and i have to starve well i cook for those that live here every day but oh, I, okay. I would love to try one of her recipes and maybe i'll dress up like her that'd really be sick my husband's gonna walk in like what did i come home to <laughs> not now pussycat but uh, right. thank you again and hopefully we'll see you at the next golden con Oh, um, thank you too. And if you ever need me, you know where to you weren't you know where to find me. You never need anything at all. Well, I do thank appreciate you. it. And thanks, as, guys. Uh, as Kay and I always like to say, thank you for being a friend. Although I said it for you. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know where you were going with it. I thought you were gonna say have a golden day. But yes, thank you for being a friend. So if you're craziness about this podcast, head over to Apple Podcast and give us a five star rating and a review. And make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and now TikTok for exclusive content. And check out our Etsy so you can buy some stickers or earrings and help put little Oreo through college. And if you've got some thoughts about the Golden Girls or the Golden Palace, send us a short clip to so good we named it at gmail.com and we might just use it on the show. And as always, thank you for listening and thank you for being a friend. Don't cuss. You know I'm with my mother. Oh, okay. Not Thank that you, you curse. You had to tell me at the top of the call. Prophetess. I know you, uh-huh. would, you would never. Amen. Hey, Mother Blackman, can she, am I on speakerphone? Yes. Hi, Mother Blackman. How you doing? How are you? I'm well. You better stop talking before you end up on the show, Mother. <laughs> I mean, I know you're exclusive like that. <laughs> Anywho, um, we didn't have anything extra for the end credits. And you know the two people that listen to that part will want something to listen to. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say, you know, the two people literally that listen yeah. to the end of the show. Uh, Blanche from the Golden Gaze, and that's about it. But this was our 50th episode. So I was like, wow, we should, you know, acknowledge that in some yeah. way. 50 episodes. Seems like just yesterday. And look at us mm. now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Felt like I had more to say, but maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what was your favorite episode so far that's been I released? I have a couple favorite episodes. I love um, the episode with Aaron, mm-hmm. um, who sang the gospel version of the theme song. That was wonderful. I love that. It was. Um, I love the episode we did with our Latino representation. I forget the, <laughs> the guest name. What was his name? 
it has an air jet. But it did. Well, this was a long time ago. I think his name was Michael or something. No, it has not aired. We didn't do that one. We recorded it, but it hasn't aired. That's for we your maternity that leave. We recorded a long time ago. Uh-uh. Only one uh-huh. we did was the one we just did. The the one. Uh-huh. I ain't talking about that one. And it was something else. It might. It was okay. It might have been for LGBTQ representation. What was that? What what episode was that? Are you talking back to to Kay? Don't you dare! I'm just asking which one because I don't recall. Remember, we was talking about um, he was talking about how the episode with uh Phil, how Sophia got choked up at the end, and when she finally was like, "My baby's gone." Oh, you mean uh, Benny? Yeah. Benny is black. Was he? Unlike Benjamin, he is black. So that's why I'm like, what you talking about Latino representation? He looked like he was could have been Latino, but I like He does. He looks like he could be a lot of things, as I also get told all the time. Uh, (laughs) I like that episode, too. That was good. Yeah, the sad one where he had us talking about all that depressing stuff. Um, that was a fun one. We've done so many. Uh, always, every time I record a new one, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite one. And then I do another one. This is my favorite. All of them is the favorite. I like the one with Bonnie Bartlett. That was fun. That was fun. Because she's a sweetie. I love her. She was great. And I feel like that's like, you know, a a big get, you know, and, and not Mm -hmm. only her, but William Daniels, Daniels, AKA Mr. Feeney. And then, Mm. you know, just the fact that, you know, at their age, Uh, I'm just so glad that we were able to, you know, get them and they were, you know, able to share their message or messages with an audience that maybe is not as familiar with them Mm -hmm. and their work and what else they've done, you know, outside of people who know her as Barbara Thorndike. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just that wisdom of somebody that's been around almost 100 years. Like, I don't know a lot of I don't know if I know anybody personally like that. That's that age. So to be able to talk to them in their right mind. Yeah. And then here she was very coherent um, and, and just hear their thoughts on things, especially because at that time, that was when um, the whole Roe versus Wade thing was in the mm-hmm. news. And just to hear that somebody of that age has such a a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Profound. Yeah, profound. And just like, you know, realistic viewpoint of this is something yeah, that shouldn't that happen. Sense. Because she was like, we need to get all the old people out, as you do. Like, right. Because what's that? That's not, we not, this is not that Like, anymore. people our age don't seem to understand half the time why this is important. So if she mm-hmm. can understand it, why can't you? But maybe because of the fact that she knows a time where it was not legal and what people had to go through. As where these people, they don't know that world. They don't know walking into the women's restroom and finding somebody bleeding out or whatever. So she can speak to what it could be again. And I think people in some cases need to listen Mm -hmm. to their elders. Some of them people in office we don't need to listen to. But, you know. Because I feel like everybody should have their time. Like I don't understand why people that are as old, almost as old as the laws that were created are still in charge. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> right. But I think that in her case, you know, she is speaking from, you know, experience as a woman, of mm. you know, seeing what happens to other, you know, or happened to other women as with these men or whatever. They don't know. They don't care. And they probably pay for their mm-hmm. girlfriends to do it anyway. But it was just really, really, you know, insightful and everything, even outside of the Golden Girls, because I think. You know, a lot of times the people we interview, we end up talking about stuff that isn't Golden Girls related. But this was an yeah. especially relevant and, you know, uh, just important conversation. So I'm glad that we were able to have it with her. Um, of course, Lenny Green, of uh, course. young Dorothy and, and her, uh, her wife, Meg. 
uh, Mark Sacken, Stan Zimmerman, you know, the Mark Golden Gate. He's I out of control. He out is, of control. He's outlandish, <laughs> and I love every um, moment. Just of it. so many, so many people, and even just people that are just fans of the show that, you know, helped us mm-hmm. get to where we are. Because in the beginning, we ain't had no people from the show trying to do the show. So I'm just okay. like, hey, who wants to be on the show? And, 50 you know, episodes is actually a lot. It is. It really is. I almost cuss, but I don't want mother's ears to bleed. But okay. um, <laughs> it really is. And we must have, I guess we were doing a lot of them in the beginning because it has not been 50 weeks and we've already got 50 episodes. We've missed a couple of weeks. Because you do like two a week. In the, be- like- in the beginning, I think we were doing two a week. And I was like, eh, that's enough of that. But um, I'm excited, you know, and because we don't do recaps for every episode, we're not limited, um, you know, as Barbara would say, because some shows, you know, once they get to the end, that's it. I know that uh, out on the Lanai, because, you know, H. Allen was, that was another fun one. He, um, they started doing other shows, you know, they did Golden Palace, they're doing little guest appearances that the girls had, so they can keep going, but enough wicker, they were like, this is it. So I'm (laughs) I'm glad that we don't have to feel like, oh my God, we're running out, you know, we can do whatever we want. And I I like Mm -hmm. that, you know, it turned into this. We didn't really know what we were doing. I think we thought it was going to be just recaps in the beginning. But we have yeah. rarely done we that. We incorporated so many other things into it to make so, sure everybody has a voice. I like that. Right. You know, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, you know, put our own spin on it and mm-hmm. be, a, you know, a voice for the people. Because not everybody wants to have a podcast, but they might want to get their opinions and thoughts out there. And I think this is like the soundboard, the message board, the town square, if you will, mm-hmm. for those that, you know, have something to say. And we've gotten the to, team, yeah, <laughs> we've gotten, <laughs> gotten to, you know, get the people on. We've met some interesting people, you know, not just at Golden Con, but since then, you know, we had, um, you know, Heather on the show uh, in, in many ways. She, she's done a lot. She's done stuff on the website. She got the live streaming going. She's posting on the Facebook. Shout out to Heather because she does a lot of stuff we, <laughs> we ain't got time to do because doing what I do now is already a lot with the editing and all of that. So I'm glad that she's helping and we have other people who help us with the social media, you know, Glenna and Tyson. I'm not sure if Chris has posted anything, but he could if he wanted to. One of our many friends of the show. We have a lot of friends of the show and, and we appreciate all of them. And, you know, episodes that have not come out yet, you know, with um, the Golden Girls live cast member, um, you know, Helinka, Heklina. Heklina. Yeah. I always want to say Helinka. Yeah. Heklina, uh, who plays Dorothy. We've had David from the Golden Girls Lost episodes. Just so much fun mm-hmm. stuff. And still waiting on the announcement for the next Golden Con. I'm sure it's on the way. They announced the cruise. The cruise is in April. Well, we ain't doing that. We'll do the next uh-uh. one. <laughs> Sounds snug. But um, <laughs> just shout out to everybody that supports us. Many blessings to you and yours. We would yeah. love you. Yeah, they can hear us. We're recording. This is an ep- episode. Shout out to Mother Blackman because we couldn't do any of this if Mother Blackman didn't birth yeah. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. And um, <laughs> and we, you know, hope hope we're at the we're at the next Golden Con. Hope we get to do all types of stuff. Golden Girls Kitchen. Who knows? If look at what we've done in this past year. So next year we might have a talk show. You never know. So okay, good we named it the motion picture. We, we everywhere. We are on YouTube. YouTube. Well, we already have a YouTube. No, but I mean like a talk show where it's like not syndicated, but you know, like 
it's the actual production team and like they you know cameras and carrying on and stuff like that oh i don't want to be on youtube i want to be on uh syndicated television i mean that too but we can start I'm aiming you know, higher yeah okay fine just all right so warner brothers if you're listening paramount mm-hmm. to anybody well i'll do a streaming app i'm not that picky lifetime they should put it on <laughs> lifetime or hallmark not hallmark no? I'll, okay. I'll take lifetime television for right. women mm. but yes this has been fun we appreciate you and here's to another 50 hopefully maybe another yeah. 100 another 500 let's 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 start slow okay another five 50 we could do okay another 50 so we'll we'll do the so good we named it anniversary special 100th episode are we going to will it be 100 episodes because anniversary is in january Mm -hmm. yeah i think that would be really nice to have a 100th episode spectacular yeah that'd be cool are we gonna do an anniversary one we should we where we recap um our favorite shows then we just do that no, we you just ask for what our what our favorite moments were from the. Anyway, we'll talk about it offline. Okay, off stage, off stage. But don't yeah. forget to follow us. <laughs> I know if you listen this far, you've already heard me say this. But I'm gonna say it again because y'all act like you don't hear it. So don't forget to follow us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, and rate us wherever you listen to this podcast, specifically. Apple. I don't know why the other Golden Girls podcasts have hundreds of ratings and we don't. Maybe because people listen on Anchor and Spotify. I don't know. But just log in and leave the rating. You don't have to even listen on there. It doesn't matter. Just, just rate it. <laughs> just leave the yeah, rating. Yeah, that's five fine. stars everywhere. Exactly. If it's less than five stars, then don't, no thank you. We don't want that. <laughs> but hit us up at uh, sogoodwenamedit at gmail.com if you have anything you'd like to add and we would love to incorporate you into the show. We can't pay you. But we still love to incorporate you. Anything mm-hmm. else you'd like to share with the people? Uh, you know, I'm just really grateful to be here, a part of this 50th episode moment. It's a very sentimental time, and I look forward to more episodes and interacting more with our fans and things of the sort. And paid gigs. And shout that out part. to Judge Mathis. <laughs> and all his people. Mm-hmm. Doyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Doyle. Okay. Well, as I always say, Oh, is we, he? as we, we always say. Maybe we can sync it up since we're not on Zoom. We're doing it on the phone. Tell us if this sounds bad. If not, we're going to do all of ours on the phone. But, <laughs> um, okay, as as we yeah, always you're say. Traveling in, uh, I am. I'm in, I'm in Memphis. You're supposed to say something exotic. Oh, Brazil. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me and Donna, we here. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you for listening. And thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Why you didn't say it? Because my, my mother distracted me saying thank you for watching. They can't see us. <laughs> I hope. Good. Mm. Well, have a have a golden day. Have a golden day. <laughs>